The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Monday, June the 7th. Dang. Math in my head. And it is a mailbag Monday. The Super Friends and I breaking down your questions. If you have questions about a team, a player, something about life, beer, uh, diapers for breach, you can hit <laughs> us up. By leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and we will answer it at some point this offseason. We will probably do uh, mailbags every single Monday in the feed right now. You back and listen if you like rankings, because it's the offseason, buddy. We have uh, triplets, the best triplets around the NFL. Top 100 list with Pete Prisco and top 25 under 25 with Cody Benjamin, who did a better job than Sean Wagner. We're off. All those are from last week. Check them out. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like the video. Hit that like button. If you're happy to be watching on YouTube, I know it's an extra step, but just do it for us. It helps push us out into the, the mall of YouTube and leave a mailbag question there. We'll answer if you leave one on YouTube, apparently, as well. Ryan Wilson, John Breach, what's up, boys? Hey, hey, hey. Yo, yo, yo. I'm still sobering up for a McLovin's 40th birthday. Yeah. How about that on Thursday? McLovin turned 40. Insane. I didn't realize McLovin was older than me, but there you go. He doesn't look it. I'll give him that. It's because he's an organ donor. It's also because it was a fake ID, right? Organ donor. No, the real McLovin doesn't look older than you, too. Although I bet he probably is. But the real that. McLovin's not older than me. He was a fake ID. No, the, the actor in real life <laughs> is probably older than you, even though he still does not look older than you. I'm not I, sure. I would bet he's... I would bet he's... Uh, he is. He's 31. He turns 31. Oh, he turns 32 on June 20. He was born in 1989. Of course, you're not older than me. What a, what a ridiculous thing to say. How old he is uh, oh. my age? He, what, what is the matter with you? Why would he be? Ryan, older? that's why it was funny because in the movie, uh, I know he was supposed to be 27 and he was I, like 17. Because it's never the case that, that people that act play people much younger than them. You guys are you guys don't understand how the business works. That's okay. I mean, you don't understand how like eyes work and figuring out that a guy is not all right. How old is how old is Jonah Hill? Wise guy. He was uh, also in I'll, that movie. I'll say Jonah Hill is 38. Oh, so he's 37. That's okay. I say that uh That's one year away. You were nine years off. Yeah, but this, my point is they're the same age. And Michael Sarah, is that the other guy's name? Michael uh, Sarah, yeah, right? Michael, yeah, Michael Sarah of Arrested Development fame as well. He's 32, so he looks young. So he and McLovin both look young. Jonah Hill did look young at the time. Obviously, um, how old Seth Rogen? Yeah, Seth Rogen is, is he must be he's actually probably early 40s. He is 39, just yeah, 39 he's, he's young too. And then, what's the cop's name that was in the movie that's a Saturday Night Live guy? Glasses. Um, oh god, what's his name? Breach. I'm gonna go back and watch Super Bad again. I haven't watched him forever, but he, I bet he's 40. But yeah, okay, so early 30s to late 30s, whatever, big deal. Who so, cares? Okay, not a huge deal in the. Uh, it was Bill Hader. Was Bill off. Hader? I bet Bill Hader. Bill Hader is forty two. Yes. You know what? You know what's funny? This is full circle. Bill Hader's forty three because his birthday is today, oh. Monday, June seventh. Oh, dunk on that, nerds! I knew I was <laughs> <laughs> nailed it. All right, there you go, Wilson. Thank you, thank you. So, uh. Look, if we start with nonsense, you know it's a mailbag. Let's get that's that right. out of the way. 
start your Monday morning with us ranting about the ages of the people from Superbad. <laughs> I might watch Superbad right now, right after this. Get my wife out of the house again, fire up Superbad. Uh, we will start our mailbag with a question from E. Deep or something or another uh, from South Philly. What is Pete Prisco's worst ranking on his top 100 list? We want to put a little bow on Pete's top 100 list. Um, Pete wants to be loved. He's desperate for attention. He craves it. He acts like he doesn't care, but boy, does he ever. And so he does his top 100 list of NFL players every year and people rip him apart. And he, he's like, if you have at it. Eat it alive. Eat it alive. That's it. He puts a lot of work into it. And he actually did come on the podcast with us. So we're no longer doing the thing where we act like we don't want to talk about Pete's top 100 list. But we are going to uh, talk about some of the worst rankings on the list. I'll let you guys go first. I've got a, a group of four or so that I think are, are pretty bad. Let and me throw this out here and then we can discuss. So George Kittle, uh, excuse me, Travis Kelsey is five. That seems high for a tight end, but whatever. George Kittle is 22. Is there 17 spots difference between those two? I don't think so. And one of those spots is Dalvin Cook. One of those spots is Christian McCaffrey. One of those spots is Derrick Henry to Nick 11. Osa, who just missed an entire season. Um, Derrick Henry to 11 got my attention. I'm okay with Derrick Henry at 11. He almost put Derrick Henry in the top 10. I mean, Derrick Henry ran for 2,000 yards in like 17 And then we realized that Prisco is anti-running back, and there was no way he was going to have a running back in his top 10. No, he's I – mean, there's a bunch of running backs on here. It's actually bad. But not in the top 10? Um, no, that's true. And, yeah. So I don't hate that. It just caught my attention as I was scrolling through the list. Is I think that's unfair to George Kittle. What you – Right. And his argument is injuries limited him to eight games last season. Well, it's like, okay, but Christian McCaffrey's one spot ahead yeah. of him. I think that's the issue. And he he talked about that on CBS Sports HQ. Uh, he struggled with the injuries. I think he just sort of flip-flopped in his mind about the injuries as he was ranking these things and didn't sort of stick to the rule of whatever that rule was going to be for him. So I I, I think Travis, uh, Travis Kelsey's too high. Okay. And I think that maybe if like one is – 18 and the other's 22, that's fine. Maybe maybe a four or five spot difference, but it's in the end of the world. It's not a, a huge deal. It just sort of stuck out to me. Yeah, that's uh, that's fair. I mean, I, I really look at, you know, you have the top th- three, I guess. Brady, you can almost quibble with Tom Brady at four, even though he won the Super Bowl. I mean, yeah, no, that's, that's two. I, he, look, Brady should awesome. be like eight or nine or something. He's the best player ever, but it, 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 he feels like a, an, he's an elite game manager. Is anybody taking well? Okay, he's oh, he needs to incorporate some sort of like age thing into his rankings where he, he puts you at four, but then you lose one spot for every year over 40 you are. So that knocks Brady down to seven. I mean, Tom Brady had threw for 4,600 passing yards last year and 40 touchdowns. Yeah, but he sucked the first two months of the season. He, he but if you're starting, if you're starting a, a team from scratch, is Tom Brady the fourth player? You're t- in the draft. And see, that's the thing is Pete does this list where he's trying to walk the line of rewarding you for a good 2020, but also projecting into 2021. Yeah. If you're starting from scratch and you need a quarterback for one year, is Tom Brady the fourth overall pick? No. And Josh Allen's not the 10th overall pick. He's probably. That's the other thing. So Josh Allen's there is, and let's see, where was Lamar? Lamar if you're was- doing it for one year, if you're just doing it for one year, I think you make the case that Rodgers and Brady can be three and four. Um, mm, I don't know. Lamar, Lamar's 29th overall, Ryan. Thank you. So Josh Allen, 10, 19 spots later, Lamar Jackson. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Josh Allen, the arrow's pointing up, as Mike Tomlin would say. Lamar Jackson, the arrow's probably steady as she goes. I don't think he improved, quote-unquote, last year. You think he improved from the year before? I agree with what Jared Dubin said last week on the Triplets podcast that it's overblown – Lamar Jackson's regression in 2021. Because well, that's why I said that issue goes. I didn't say he regressed. Yeah, yeah, people are, I mean, like Pete said, his play trailed off some in 2020 after winning the MVP in 20, 2019. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't going to throw for a touchdown pass on 9% of his passing attempts again. 3,000, 1,000 historical season. It's just, I mean, you know. It, yep, no, I agree. So Dak Prescott 50, that's curious, just because Dak Prescott couldn't walk until a few weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, I don't... Um, the I just feel like he wasn't off. consistent with the injury thing. I feel like he had an idea, and then I understand why. I mean, this thing, as Pete pointed out, this list was incredibly difficult to put together, but it, it was hard to sort of stick to it. I get it. 
it's just weird. Like, if you're going to put Dak at 50 and you're ostensibly dinging him for being injured all season, why is Christian McCaffrey 21? Right, yeah. So um, Nick Chubb at 63 and then Zeke at 57. So he's just slightly above Zeke. So Zeke, was the, Zeke was the first guy on my list. That's a terrible ranking. It's, I don't know. Yeah, why where do you think he should have been? Like Off the list? I mean, Ooh. if Mickey Fitzpatrick wasn't on the list last year, Zeke shouldn't have been on it this year. Zeke ran for 979 yards and four yards per carry. He's coming off a disappointing 2020 that saw him rush for career lows in yards and average four point yards per four point yards per carry. Line was banged up in front of him, but this is a big prove it year. And I think the thing is that to your point, again, Prisco's struggling with past and present future. But yeah, there's no way Zeke should be ahead of Nick. This Chubb. is Michael Turner 2.0. Wow. God, that's a slap in the face of Zeke Elliott. It's just he's he's giving a guy name value. Just, Zeke Elliott's the 57th best player in the NFL right now. No, well, what's not. what's more troubling that or under uh, Andrew Whitworth at 64. Um, and I like Whitworth. He's almost 40. Is he the 64th best player? I uh, I mean, he's a good left tackle, and those are hard players to find. So I, if you rank a left tackle up that high and he's been paramount to the Ram success, I do not think that's not one I'm going to gripe with. Okay. I mean, if you look at it this way, if you just do every player in the draft, every player in the NFL is available, he's a late second round pick. That doesn't seem outrageous. But also he's super old, so maybe he Who's a late second round pick? Andrew Whitworth. He went 64th overall, so I'm sort of just Andrew Whitworth turns 40 in December. Woo woo. That is old. So he could have been in in uh McLovin. Mc- Super he, that's right. Maybe he's McLovin. Do you guys ever think of that? Odell Beckham at 81. I mean, what are we doing? Living on a prayer. He said he talked to some wide receiver coaches about that who told him that Odell played better than he looked, better than people thought when he when he was out there early on. And I before don't it, before he blew out his knee. Okay. Yeah. Again, it's the injury thing. We I mean He's Odell hadn't been very productive since the Giants traded him. And frankly, it looks like a pretty good trade by Dave Gettleman. We killed him for it. I actually think Odell at 81, I I wouldn't put him on the list because of the injuries. That said, I can understand why you would put Saquon on the list. Mm, I had Saquon as a questionable move. Even at 80s, 87 is okay. He's only played 15 games the last two years. Well, what happened the year? Oh, he had a high ankle sprain, I think, the year before for a little bit. Yeah, that's not a lot to work with. You don't know that he can stay on the field. So, uh, yeah, I see that, Brinson. Wait Look a second, Brinson just bashing the NFC East running backs here. Wait, get Joe. Zeke off the list. Get Saquon off. Brinson, you're gonna get some hate mail this summer from Joe the NFC Burrow's East. On this list? Saquon and Zeke off the list. It wouldn't be that big a deal. Joe what? Burrow should be top three on this list. Why is <laughs> this why is, is a crime that he's 95? Why is Joe Burrow on this list? Same uh, reason Zeke and Odell and I mean not Zeke, Odell, Saquon, CMC are on there. Those guys have a track record of performing in the NFL. Yeah, they're old. I have no problem. Do you think think Kirk Cousins should be on this list? Kirk Cousins had a better season than Joe Burrow. Well, uh, hold on. Can you answer my question? (laughs) Okay, Brenton. In that case, would you rather have Joe Burrow or Kirk Cousins next year? That's not what we're doing. We're talking about ranking the players. uh, Yeah, and that's about ranking. We're we're talking about the future. I said Burrow should be on the list, but, I mean, Cousins should be ahead of him. Well, I'm not asking. I'm saying, would you rather have Burrow or Cousins? Let's see Joe Burrow run before we declare the Bengals. This this is the type of stuff that Prisco has to debate in his head, though, because, you know, you're talking about uh, dealing with past, present, and future and how much each of those things should weigh in. So, you know, as far as future goes, you're thinking, hey, Joe Burrow has a bigger upside than Kirk Cousins. But when you're looking at the past and the present, you're thinking uh, Kirk Cousins definitely has the edge in both of those things. And it's kind of a how do you weigh that, you know, for for putting these rankings together. So that's why I was bringing up Cousins versus Burrow, not because should, should he got Ryan Tannehill be on here instead of Joe Burrow? Or Kirk, or Joe Burrow should who? Ryan Tannehill. Yes, I think Tannehill should be out. That was actually one I was going to bring up. I will say this. So if you, as I told Pete, like when you you know when um, Bill Barnwell uh, always points out with all pro snubs or Pro Bowl snubs, it's like you you can you can. Call somebody a snub, but if you're going to call somebody a snub, you have to pick somebody to take off too. You know, like you need to be able to say, all right, this guy should be on here, but here's who should be off. 
Because you can't just say, oh, this guy's a snub. He deserves to be on the team. Well, you have to find a place for him on the team. So if you're putting Tannehill on, who are you taking off? Joe Burrow, done. Next question. Legereus Sneed. I think it's got to be a quarterback. I think Why does it have to be a quarterback? I think Legereus Sneed. I love the pick of Legereus Sneed. I thought that was that was a great pick. A number 100, great rookie season. Day three pick sort of came out of nowhere. Um, and, and played really well. So and, I, and Pete also said, "Look, this is this is Pete's way of saying, Lejarius Sneed is a as a baller. He had a really good season. You're gonna. It's Pete's way of basically naming him a sleeper to be to have a breakout second year. Uh, I, this, I thought Quinn Williams and Makai Becton should have been on there. The Jets suck, though. I mean, I, I understand they're young. They're Bengals, good players. The Bengals got multiple players on here. Who?" They got one that shouldn't have been on there, Joe, because he played 45 Jesse minutes. Bates. Jesse, Jesse Bates. Bates. Read the list, Ryan. Jeez. I just, I just said two. T. Higgins was at 25. Oh, T is also on the list? <laughs> oh, wait. No, there are two guys on the list. I don't know why Breach, Breach is so angry he can't hear properly. Yeah. I like Jesse Bates, but Joe Burrow has no business. No business on that list. But again, yeah. that's a, this is like doing mock drafts where everyone yells and screams at you. And as you noted, Bill Barnwell points out, all right. You make the list in numb nuts. Let's well, see. And, and the problem is, and again, Burrow's a good example where if you get to week eight and all of a sudden the Bengals are five and two because Burrow's having a phenomenal season, then people are throwing this list in Prisco's face. Like, oh, how'd you how'd you have him at 95th? And so again, no, it's more like if if you leave Burrow off and he blows up and has a huge Pete loves Burrow. He said he said the Bengals are gonna win a Super Bowl with Burrow. So if you, if you leave Burrow brainwash Pete. If you leave Burrow off the list and the and the Bengals have a decent season and Burrow's lighting it up and play 16 games, then you look like an idiot. But, yeah. Yeah, Derwin James is also on the list. I love Derwin James, but, again, he hasn't played a lot of football. I would – yeah, I mean, that's tough. I would if – I, if I'm making the list – again, is it – he needs to pick one. Are you making a top, t- top 100 list for the coming season or are you making a top – 100 is it a top 100 list of what just happened here's what here's one thing you could do if you have to play at least i guess now nine or ten games to qualify for this year so if you don't play nine or ten games then you're off the list you don't have to worry about it i don't mind that you need a full you need to play 10 games or more and if you don't play 10 games you don't qualify for this list so christian mccaffrey saquon barkley you're gone George, Boom. and you know who replaces them Justin Tucker, because there are no kickers on this list. It's a travesty. Justin Tucker's a, a fair point. I think Justin Tucker. So if you're doing a draft of every single player, is Justin Tucker going in the first four rounds? I feel like he is, right? I think so. I think mm. some team gets crazy enough and takes Justin Tucker. Mm. Especially if it's a coach who's been burnt by missed field goals. Chargers, they would change. Justin Tucker would be their first round pick. Because they're bad at drafting and because... What round did the uh, Bengals kicker go in fifth? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that guy's not as good as Justin Tucker. Definitely a round earlier. I mean, we don't have to go that far. He's not that good yet, but he could be. The... um, Was Justin Herbert at... uh, Was Herbert 38, I think? 38? 38. That's too low. He had one year. He blew up. He should be higher? Yeah. I think that's perfect. Derek How about Carr? he plays one game in a full stadium before we say he should be higher? I mean, who knows how he's going to react once that happens? Higher than Christian McCaffrey, says Chris- the guy who thinks Joe Burrow should be top five. Right. Joe Burrow should be top three. That's what I said. Uh, Baker Mayfield, no. Derek Carr, no. Baker Mayfield. Browns fans on Twitter are my favorite Prisco haters right now. Does it make you mad, Breach, that your Bengals had the number one overall pick and managed to somehow pick the wrong quarterback, even though you picked the obvious quarterback? They is this a trick question? They didn't. What if they pick two? As of right now, I'd still have Burrow over Herbert. That might change next year if they both. If Burrow is now an injury prone quarterback, uh, doesn't play a lot in twenty twenty one, or I see something that would change that. But as of right now, what's interesting though is people say that. Oh, look at what Burrow had around him versus what Herbert had around him. It's basically the same. I mean, that Chargers offensive line wasn't that good. You know, Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry, Mike Williams. I mean, you have T. Higgins. Keenan Allen is one of the top receivers in the NFL. Hunter Henry is one of the top tight ends. That's way more talent. I don't think any of the top tight ends in the NFL. I don't think anyone would confuse the Bengals offense for the Chargers offense. (laughs) I'm just saying that Joe Burrow had plenty of weapons around him. Maybe he just can't. Uh, Herbert had much better weapons around him. Yeah, and and breach his defense. Burrow was running for his life from day one. Okay. So was Herbert. 
So would you rather have Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, or Baker Mayfield? Because mm. only one of those guys made the top 100. Can I fold my franchise instead? Yes, you can become the Bengals. <laughs> <laughs> Wilson just dunking all over me. I know, he's not paying attention. What were the options? Cousins, Baker Mayfield, Derek Carr? Yeah. Fun fact, fun I'd probably think Derek Carr. See, Drew there you go. Fixed, the most pressured quarterback in the NFL last year, Justin Herbert. I don't know where he got that. I can't. Oh, I can't, I can't making up stats and playing dunk music. This is unbelievable. He's the, start football analysis. The quarterback who completed the most passes uh, while being almost injured, Joe Burrow. <laughs> almost, he was injured. All right, great question. What's the next question? Thank you, Debo, who who seems to get a question on every mailbag these days. Yep. Uh, th- all right, this is from Packer Pete. Packer Pete. Yep. Uh, the best, the best football podcast on the planet. I like the beer talk guys made it more natural, like talking football and having a beer, not talking about it much anymore. And as the gambling books are nearly always on point, you giving us their latest odds helps picking games. Don't change the formula. It works. Keep it up. Pete from all Pete from Western Australia question. If you weren't covering NFL, which sport were the super friends like to report on uh, first to address the concerns about the beer. Uh, most likely because not drinking quite as much craft beer. And I, I've been sort of migrating to domestic beer summertime, you know, drinking maybe more bourbon and, and wine uh, throughout the pandemic. And, and you guys aren't really big beer guys. No, I'm not like, um, you're not I'm like, like wine and tequila guy. I'm yeah. not a hipster beer guy. I'm like, right. uh, like I love like my new summer beers, land shark. I, I could drink a million of those. I love land shark. Keeping it simple. I mean, I don't like IPAs because they're too heavy. Double IPAs are, are just straight up stupid. Do you like sours? No. No. What kind of sense does that make? Why would my, I buddy, want... my buddy Pat at Ridgewood recommended a triple IPA from this Fonta Flora brewery called Do You Smell What I'm Stepping In? And uh, I mean, look, it's 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 got good, it's too much. I just can't. I can't do it. Why triple? Why, why, why is not? So double IPA is your limit? No. No, no, no. I just, I'm sort of over it. I'll drink an IPA on like a. It, it, one IPA at night, and then I'll at most. I, I'm sort of. That's over the it. thing. Like, if you're at a barbecue, what are you drinking? Five IPAs? No. no. Oh my gosh. Good. Oh, oh, whoa, get up, get up. Whoa. Sorry, Debo. You're off 21 minutes in. You're going to have to add a beat to that. That was, yeah. that was, that was, that was out of character. Uh, well, I, I just that's how angry, does it. That's how angry IPAs make me. <laughs> I will say, I saw uh, Ross Tucker, friend of the pod. He does the show me your beer thing on Twitter, and um, he had a sip of sunshine IPA. He was holding up. I would kill. For now some- that's no. that's different because that was that in um what's the the one that comes in silver can that was hard to get five years ago to Vermont. Oh, uh, focal banger or uh, what's the other one out of Vermont that came? They're like sip of sunshine. There's it's the, from the Alchemist. Um, yeah, those guys. So those are special occasion beers oh. that are no longer special because everyone has them. But yeah. Four or five years ago when those were hard to get. Like I live in New York, one state over from Vermont. And my buddy would actually have to drive to convenience store in Vermont. And you could only buy eight beers at a time because they were limited. That makes it Hetty Topper. Hetty Topper, thank you. Yes. Hetty Topper, Sip of Sunshine. Those are I can enjoy slowly if I'm not, you know, trying to trying to party. I, I think the problem for me is it's everybody's there's it's the market's just flooded now. That's the it's, thing. It's crazy. You used to have to sprint to a store if uh, KBS showed up. Uh, it's certainly, you know, like goose. Island. Now it's, you can walk into, I can walk into total wine and there are stacks of KBS, like espresso blend, which is just impossible to find five years. Wegman sells sip of sunshine now, which is great if you want sip of sunshine, but it's not, it doesn't feel. As I went to Wegmans for the first time the other day and was, uh, you know, you guys sound like total hipsters right now. Well, I knew this before it got big and now yeah. that it's big. I don't really like it. Yep. That's me. Exactly. Well, it's just, there's just too many IPAs and I, you don't know what you, I just want, give me something simple and good. And I, I'll just, or I'll just drink Miller Lite and then drink some red wine. Land shark. Land shark. Tequila. Tequila. All right. So to the question, if you weren't covering NFL, what sport would you want to cover? I think mine's pretty obvious. <laughs> Golf. Breach, what about I'm you? I'm not going to talk anymore about it because nobody wants to hear it. <laughs> yeah, that's why, I, that's why I asked Breach this question because I don't know what Breach, what, like, hold on, don't answer. What do you think Breach's second favorite sport is? Uh, something weird. Shark chasing, shark shark races. I would bet it's something like bat, like professional badminton. I bet he's or like, or, or like or 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 chipmunk racing. <laughs> I do love chipmunk racing. The chipmunk racing World Cup is actually three months. He's a professional. I've been, I've been training racing. chipmunks. 
I mean, Breach has been to the Women's World Cup, and that's because his sister was an All American soccer player in college. So I think that's the connection there. Prior to that, well, I don't know if he kickers, kickers usually like soccer, but he he never talks about it unless he does it. I was in France in 2018 for the Men's World Le, Cup, Le, and Le, France Le, won Le, and celebrated with all the French people. It was a fantastic time. France winning the World Cup, you traitor. Uh, uh you know France what? An ally when in Rome. Or in this case, France. <laughs> I, I will say that I, I think that when I started at CBS, I covered Cal's college basketball team. So I got a taste of watching college basketball all the time and covering it. And I thought that was pretty exciting. So hmm. I think if I was not covering the NFL, my second choice would be college basketball. I like that there's multiple games per week. You know, the NCAA tournament is absolutely nuts. Uh, so I think that would be a fun sport to cover. Interesting. What, and like Princeton said, I keep it short and sweet. What would be the least interesting sport? Like, what if you had like, okay, you can do the National Cornhole Tour, and I've actually watched some of that because everyone likes cornhole. Yeah, you guys play cornhole? I, I got to tell you, if you like, I love golf, but if you had to cover golf every weekend for the entire summer, well, college basketball. Well, college basketball is actually at least the season is short. Yeah, college basketball. I mean, I'm not going to say that Matt Norlander and Gary Parish don't work hard. Nobody would ever say that, or that you know. I just said it. I'm, I'm just saying that the window for college basketball being intensely relevant is quite short. All right, let me ask you this. So here are the three well, options. Okay, retired. How about that? Yeah, here are the three options left on the table at CBS after we all get fired from this show for doing terrible mailbag podcasts. You can cover the National Cornhole Tour. You can cover professional bowling or professional pool. What? Which one would you like to have? Hmm. Cornhole. I think, like, I love pool. I don't play I like a lot. I like all three of those, so I don't really care. <laughs> I don't like bowling that much, but I think there's probably, there's more room for excitement, like in fist pumps and, and smack talk and, like, bowling and probably maybe cornhole. I've watched a little cornhole on television. There's not a lot of smack talk between the teams, but I think bowling, you could get characters. Which one, which one would you least want to exp tell a stranger that you did for a living? Uh, cornhole is embarrassing, but bowling is kind of demeaning. It's one of the two, probably. What do you do for a living? I cover bowling. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even a good bowling writer at CBS Sports. That's actually sort of funny. <laughs> but I, yeah, I I like cornhole. I don't I don't like bowling because I'm not good at it, and I like pool. Just um, you know, because you can you can have a few pops while you do that too. All right, yeah. So I would I, I think soccer, but yeah, I don't. Soccer I, is definitely your answer. But here's here's why I hesitate. I like soccer because I don't know the minutia of every single team. Like I'm not reading. Like the, I don't know who's being a, a jerk in the locker room. I don't know which coach is the butthole in real life. I just sort of watch the games and enjoy oh, that. I one. like the minutia of golf. You know what's crazy? You know what sport none of us mentioned? Baseball. Oh no! See, I would rather baseball, I'd rather do bowling than baseball. Baseball, you are working every, all summer, not just on the weekends, but every day. And the other thing is this: you got to watch fifteen games a night. Like bowling, the tournaments on Saturday, whenever they have the tournament, and then you can go on with your day. Baseball and the NBA. I mean, these games these games start at 10 p.m. Ooh. Eastern time. Yeah, he's moved to Hawaii to be able to stay up and watch the Yeah, game. like, can you imagine being on the East Coast and being a baseball writer? And the giant, you know, the playoff games start at 10 o'clock? Hockey cannot. might be, like, I don't know anything about hockey. That might be fun, but again, there are 82 games, I think, or 81 games, so there's a lot of, a lot of games you have to watch. I don't really about. want to learn about hockey. And, I think there's a Canes playoff here. And not only that, the season goes until June, which is I would cover hard. the USFL. If I wasn't covering the NFL, that's my new pick. That's a two week gig breach. <laughs> uh, exactly. I'm a big fan of the, I mean, the NFL is year round. We're always talking about the NFL, daily NFL podcast. But the NFL schedule in and of itself is not horrible. Like the actual. Yeah, it, it sort of was getting annoying when we were doing Monday, Thursday. The Monday, is it Monday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday at one point? Or, or yeah, the game? That, that's, and that's all, that's all sort of come about since we started doing this job. Oh, yeah. When we first started Sunday and Monday. Yeah, I don't think there were Thursday nights. And they did Thursday nights for the first eight weeks and they, they yep. cut it out after that. And then, you know, here we are. Yeah. But yeah. And, and look, you know, we started, I started getting to do video stuff because of the Thursday night show, Thursday night games. I mean, like, I can't be too mad about it, but, um, yeah, I'd be fine if we had Here's all the, the thing. If we lived, like I said, if we lived in Hawaii and we weren't staying up, Breach doesn't stay up late, but if we weren't staying up, lived like, in Hawaii with Sean's parents or even Sean's Los parents. Angeles, that would be, it feels like it would be a little less taxing, not even because we're staying up late, but because I have to get up at six in the morning to to do the school stuff with my kids. Right. If I if I was able to get up 
If I was able to stay up until, because you don't, you know, you don't go to school three hours earlier on the West Coast. You just yeah. go to school at, you know, 9 a.m. or 8 a.m. or whatever the time your school is on, on the West Coast time. So you'd go to, you'd be done. What time is, what time is football done? On you would get done, well, because I live on the West Coast while working here. No, nah, it's not 9 o'clock. It no, is. It's in, after Hawaii, that, in Hawaii. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Usually, I'd say West Coast, you're done by like 11 at That's night. A huge difference between 2 a.m. That's yeah. why you moved to Hawaii. Nine o'clock, you're done. You, you can you can still grill a hamburger with pineapple. Yeah, but if you're in Hawaii, this podcast that we're recording at noon or yeah. one p.m. Eastern time starts <laughs> right. at like eight a.m. I used to. Uh, I think you did too, Bertson. The ESPN Hawaii. Oh yeah, aloha, um, will. And I would do it like at two p.m. Bobby Curran show. No. Bobby Curran. I would do it at two p.m. It'd be like eight a.m. There. I'm like, geez, that that's tough. Yeah, it is tough. Uh, no, good dude, Bobby Curran. Okay, next question. Five stars. Great podcast to keep up with the NFL from Australia. A lot of Australia questions. Question for Wilson. Ooh. When you do a mock draft, how do you balance between what teams should do and what you what you think they will do? Which player you rated high who got drafted late that you turned? Which player did you rate high who got drafted late that you turned out to be correct on? Basically, name you know, pat yourself on the back for a a highly rated player that you like to slipped that ended up being uh, good. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, Rex. Thank you. And I actually went back and that's looked. From Rex Flymo, sorry, from Australia. So I've been, yeah, I've been doing a lot of Australians. Um, I know, love it. How bad must the podcast be in Australia that they have to reach out to this podcast? Uh, so I actually look back because I've only been. This is my third draft, and I don't have any home runs from late round picks. I was looking back at my seventh round, seventh round mock draft from twenty the twenty nineteen season. Um, so I'll answer the second question first, but some names that I like this year's late round picks, I think have a chance to be really good. No, he's supposed to know. I, I'm saying I don't have any because okay. I only did, you know, this is my third draft. And I look back at the seventh round mock draft in 2019, that I just said, I have to repeat myself to you talking to my nine-year-old. Uh, and there's sort of nothing that, that sort of stood out. Um, I think the takeaways there is that the NFL teams did a good job that year. By the way, if you guys watch the Panthers behind the scenes, I have a couple of voiceovers on that on YouTube. What? Hospital. On Panthers Confidential? Oh, really? That's my Panther. favorite YouTube show besides this one. <laughs> well, that's cool. Yeah, JJ texted me and said, hey, man, you're on the Panthers thing. I said, oh, yeah, let me listen to it. That's the one where the Panthers purposely put that video out to, like, undermine the Vikings. Because, like, hey, look, guys, the Vikings are trying to trade for Justin Fields and then make Kirk Cousins hate them even more. The Panthers, this is a diabolical plan. I mean, turn the Vikings and Kirk Cousins against each other. I will All of a sudden, this. the Vikings are out of it. You're only dealing with 15 other, 14 other teams now. Uh, Matt Rule is really good as a mock drafter because they actually went through the process of, of trying to predict the first seven picks because the Panthers had the eighth pick. And um, at number three, he thought they were taking Matt Jones. And I was thinking about that later. I wonder if they said, okay, listen, we're going to film this part as you sort of do your fake mock draft on the whiteboard there. So when you get to three, don't say, oh, my God, I can't believe the 49ers are so stupid they're going to take Matt Jones. So he had to say it very diplomatically. Uh, either way, it made me feel good. So a couple of names that I like of guys who got drafted in the 2021 draft who I think have a chance to be really good. Uh, I'll start with Stone Forsythe. The, the Seahawks had three, only three picks in this draft. They got him in the sixth round. I, I thought he had a chance to be uh, a day-two guy. He plays offensive tackle. They need help there. Cornell Powell, who went to the Chiefs in the fifth round, I think he has a chance to be sort of a uh, Sammy Watkins-type replacement. Uh, the Broncos got safety Jamar Johnson in the fifth round as well. I thought he was a second- or third-round pick. And uh, I'll mention two other guys. The Ravens got Tylen Wallace, a wide receiver in the fourth round. Love felt, Tylen Wallace. Yeah, he he felt like a second round pick to me. So they got him and Rashad Bateman. So they have two wide receivers that are similar skill sets. Rashad Bateman's a little more physical, but Tylen Wallace, you know, he has an opportunity to have some success there because the wide receivers aren't great. And finally, uh, the Patriots drafted Ronnie Perkins, the edge rusher out of Oklahoma, late in the third round. Like he had a like an early second round. Um, felt like he could have gone early second round. So those are some names to watch. We'll, we'll revisit those, excuse me, in a couple of years, Rex, and see if I'm right. In terms of how I do these mock drafts, well, as you know, I do a mock draft every single week starting in September, so I have 34, 35 by the time I get to the actual draft. It's gotten so crazy that's sort of how I rate where we are in the draft process by what number, what version draft I'm on. So, oh, draft 20. We're, we're down the home stretch. We're past the halfway point. But in terms of um, – balance between what teams should do and what you think they will do. Once we get closer to the actual draft, it's, it's what I think they'll do because you know, you do 34 mock drafts at some point, you're going to do something crazy. And you probably saw it on TikTok or Instagram or wherever people were yelling and screaming at me. Fire around Wilson was a hashtag for a while there for a but, while. It's still a hashtag. <laughs> it probably is. But I like keep it last, alive. 
the last three or four mock drafts, the last month or so, and I do a couple multi-round mock drafts and a seven-round mock draft, it's it's what you know you feel like the teams are going to do. I mean, you do a seven-round mock draft after round two, you're pretty much just spitballing anyway. Well, but, um, it's also I, I would I would I would assume like you know you do all these mock drafts during the season. You're not, you have, you know, you haven't seen, you don't really start doing it. What, the, what you think the team will do until after free agency. Right. So the, during the season, the thing is the, the mock draft rankings change because the schedule as the teams win and lose football games, because don't forget for the longest time, the jets were going to have Trevor Lawrence and they won a football game. Um, so that's one yeah, this doesn't start happening until probably March when we have free agency done. And then you can sort of get an idea of, of what the roster is going to look like. And then that sort of, Zero in, in on the mock draft. I mean, I, I've, I've never done them, but I would assume you're sort of trying to. It's really more about utilizing college performances to maneuver guys on the board. What'd you say? But what kind of mock draft? Last year, because you had all these opt outs with Jamar Chase, Penesul, et cetera. Yeah, but what was the first part? You said you'd never done one. What kind of? I've never done mock drafts during the NFL season. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, I mean, and the other thing is this. So, two years ago, Ryan Finley was putting up crazy numbers. Calvin Harmon was putting up crazy numbers, both at NC State. So, I, at various points in October or November, whenever I had them as first-round picks, just because, again, you can't put up the same mock draft 34 straight times. I mean, you can, but no, people, people probably start noticing. Sure. So, it's, you know, no one knew who Zach Wilson was in September. That Clearly, he, he turned into something that no one expected. Same for Joe Burrow the year before. So that sort of process is, is you know, the, the college football season process. You're just sort of feeling out the players, getting a sense of what NFL teams are eyeballing and all that. And then down the home stretch is when you try to narrow it down to what the teams are going to do. But again, after round two or whatever, you're just throwing darts because you're feeling needs, checking boxes, as they say. Right. Uh, just to cover the Australian aspect of it before we go to break, uh, I should point out we are the 35th most popular football podcast in Australia. Does that include soccer football? It does, Breach. Great question. For what? Instance, the Blue Baggers podcast is ahead of us. So is the ESPN Australia ESPN footy podcast. Mm. Uh, True Bloods, which I'm assuming is a... Probably about spiders. Maybe, maybe. Um, Kick It to Scoops, AFL News Trade r- Rumors with an OU and Results. So that's a Australian Football League, Aussie Football League. Uh, yeah, there's the Blues Footy Podcast, the Global Game, the Debrief. There's a bunch of different um, uh, fo- uh, football podcasts. So really, we're probably like a top 10 NFL podcast in Australia. Wow. We are behind, and I don't know, I guess this is not necessarily football. We're behind the Chicks and Balls podcast. Chicks and Balls, the podcast. Not surprising. You call your podcast that? that, people are going to download it. It's a sports podcast by women about more than women's sports. Oh, it's about well, the biggest headlines in sports media and conversation with some of Australia's best athletes and sports oh. insiders. Cool. So it covers all sports. I got you. Covers all sports. Right. And the Aaron Hernandez uh, gladiator thing for the Boston Globe is is, oh. a, is ahead of us. Which, well, well, I mean, that's obviously that's a limited run. So maybe we'll, we'll, we'll catch up with that. Uh, we're right behind the PFF NFL podcast, which apparently had a big jump in Australia. According to chartable.com. I will also point out that we are, Firmly ahead of the Chris Collinsworth podcast featuring Richard Sherman. Suck it. Al, I don't know how that podcast jumped me. I'm thinking that we talk to someone, and if we crack the top five, we get sent to Australia and do a live podcast there, right? I mean, that's that's how this has to go. Uh, We are ahead of the Athletic Football Show. We are ahead of NFL Good Morning Football. We are ahead of Chris Sims Unbuttoned. Ahead of Locked On NFL. Ahead of All Against All Odds with Cousin Sal. Ahead of the Mina Kimes Show featuring Lenny. Suck it, Mina. Ahead uh, of minus three podcast and ahead of the green light with Chris Long podcast. Suck it, Chris. All right. <laughs> I, don't, I, okay, I love. I can't believe how huge we are there. I Maybe it's because I have a pet kangaroo. I yeah. don't have. A, I'm thinking about getting one. Um, is it legal? Can't oh, ahead of the NFL move the sticks with DJ and Bucky. Suck it. Ahead of the Adam Schefter podcast. Listen to this. We're just slaughtering some big names. Here's what's going to happen is someone is going to cut up Brenton's whole thing out of context, and it's just going to say, 
suck it, DJ, suck it, Collinsworth. And all these people were like, what the hell is this guy talking about? And then he's going to have to go on this big explanation tour of, oh, we were just talking about the the most popular football podcast in Australia, which doesn't sound believable. So (laughs) especially when they. When they ask you and I if we're if he's telling the truth, when we both say we have no idea what Prince is talking about, we, we checked out 15 and, seconds into the conversation, and, Debo, and then the Debo cuts the like Debo waits until that gets on the internet and then deletes the episode from the, <laughs> uh, so it's just a just a random. Um, oh, here's one the fighting cock. What's that about, Ryan? Uh, you don't want to know if you have to ask, you don't know. I wonder, Tottenham Hotspur podcast, Tottenham. Maybe this also includes Australian Rules football podcasts. Of course he does. The AFL or whatever. Or whatever. Around the NFL is number two. I, I read, I said there was a, pardon my takes, that's not really a football podcast. Sports podcast. The Blues footy podcast. Kick it to scoops. All right. Well, I can't wait for the pick six Australian tour. I'll, I'll yes, map it cool. out. We'll tell your plan. friends, Aussie people, tell your friends. By the way, big Cam Smith fan here for golfers, Mark Leishman. Okay. Jason Day with Drew, unfortunately, from the Memorial on Thursday. Uh, if you... I'm an Aaron Badalay fan, but go ahead. If you're in Australia, tell your friends. Tell a friend about this podcast. Let's get let's get, let's get get top five in Australia, so Breach has to move there. Brits, and some of those names, if you had a chance to rename this podcast, what would you rename it? The Daily NFL Podcast. Chicks and Balls. <laughs> I will say we're, ma- balls. we're making this announcement now. Brinson picked our intro music. Everybody hates it. We're replacing it. If you have options, send it our way. If you want to make us a song, that would be incredible. But any suggestions we are open to because we are replacing Brinson's intro music. Okay, that's fine. It, Everything never- Brinson touches turns to doo-doo. Yep. Why, why are we letting him do all this stuff? No offense, Brinson. Some people but, like uh, doo-doo, Ryan. And also, doo-doo turns into a fertilizer, which in turn helps the earth. So wait, so what are you saying? Everything I turn, everything I touch turns to fertilizer. I mean, I was just trying to defend you for a second. I don't know why. Look, it, we can always use the house cast. It's a house cast. I can't. I don't know if I have that anymore. Like, oh. I'm, I'm searching frantically for house cast and everything, of course, on AOL has been sent to archives.org. I'd like to have an intro, just a, like a clean, classic rock. All country to the intro. That's all I want. So. I don't. I don't want that though. I think. Can Debo we get should. something by the Backstreet Boys, or does that cost too much? I say I vote for Takashi Six Nine. I, I was gonna. We're gonna go to Ryan's son's Ooh. Spotify account and and pick something. <laughs> that. That's a great call. What we need is what we need is a forty-five second intro with some back. No, listen. It has to be five seconds. I can't. When I listen to podcasts and it's forty-five second intro, I just turn it off. Oh, I wanted a um I wanted something where it's it's like quotes from the podcast. Like we get we crop the TikTok guys and there it's like this idiot Ryan Wilson. Oh, yeah, that's that's okay. But the issue with that is you have to change it up because again, I don't listen to podcasts and listen to 45 seconds of intro. Why don't we continue sucking up to the people of Australia and just make the intro the Australian national anthem? When did we decide we were changing the music, Diva? Just oh, that's been decided in meetings that you've been invited to but have not attended. <laughs> the I saw that you canceled the one for today, the day that we're recording. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, ski mask, the slump lord. <laughs> Just happened right now. The slump god. Slump god. <laughs> I read it wrong. <laughs> that's that's where we should start, Debo. That's what I'm looking at here. All right. Noted. All right. Let's uh, let's take a break. Steve and Wilson can huddle up. We'll listen to our partners. What am I talking about? Wilson will try and act cool with his music knowledge, and we'll come back and answer some more mailbag questions. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
That's from SJ14 via Apple Podcast. Hi, I'm Silas. I'm a multi-sport fan, and as such, there are certain rules, concepts, and other sports that I really enjoy. I was wondering how you all think they would translate to football. Some examples being, in soccer, a player can be loaned to another team for a half season, full season, or two seasons. Typically, this is a young player not getting enough playing time or star that needs to change the scenery to write the ship. In baseball, the bullpen, for instance, if the starting quarterback is playing poorly, you bring in a relief quarterback, and in close close games bring in an extremely clutch closing QB. And in basketball, this one's for breach, the three-point line. This would be for field goals and based on the line of scrimmage. Hope this gets read, and thanks for all the entertainment. That's a very interesting question, Silas. So I guess the, it's it's what rules from other sports. What do we think about some of the ones he an example he gave and um, and what rules from other sports would be logical? I feel like we've answered something similar to this. Con- we answered just for soccer. We said what kind of soccer rules would work well in football. No, this is a really good question. I like I like all three of his. The idea of loaning players is really interesting. Here's the thing: uh, I, I like that idea because we keep trying to do these developmental leagues that keep not working because the infrastructure isn't there. It's a lot of money to start up these businesses, understandably. So, why not loan players out? The only issue is with with soccer players injury or or um, that right. You you only, you can play ten years in soccer. Um, you know, from the age from age 19 to 20 to 30, 31, whatever. Football typically is what four, four and a half years. So if you're loaning the player out, it would have to be on a shorter stint. Maybe even loan him for a half a season or something, but just so he gets a chance to play. Well, all right. So for instance, the Bengals draft T. Higgins. They draft Joe Burrow. Just hold on, let me hear me out. Joe right. Burrow gets hurt. T. Higgins is now catching passes from Brandon Allen and Brandon Allen from Ryan Finley. Ryan Finley and who's the other guy that they tried? I think it was Brandon Allen for a couple minutes. Was Brandon, yeah, Brandon Allen, Allen was Jags there. or was that? No, I think it was Brandon Allen. I think you're right. Okay, so right, and Brandon Ryan Allen, Finley. Ryan Finley. That's not ideal for T. Higgins' development. It's not like he needs to learn freaking Zach Taylor's system. So you you loan T. Higgins to the Steelers for half a year. And you get a third round pick in return. No, no, no. That's not how it works. No, I like that. I was actually going to say that Brenton didn't say. I like the idea of a team. You know, Joe Burrow gets earned in week nine. So you only get T Higgins for half the season. You don't even get to keep them. But if you want them that bad, you're willing to give up a draft pick. I think that makes it a lot more interesting. You loaded the Packers for 200 grand. So because the Packers, as you guys recall, should have traded for a wide receiver. But you don't – because there's no way you would trade T. Higgins for cash or for a draft pick. My only issue is competitive balance, and I think the this has to take place in August. And then you do, do the terms of the deals in August because everyone knows what this, the rosters are. You can't do it in, in late December or late November when things are going sideways for you. No, I like when things are going sideways. That makes it way more interesting. You have the but, trade deadline, and then one month later you have the, the loan deadline. December first is the loan deadline. No, December first can't. I don't. I don't hate. That I just made it, Ryan. It is. It's the loan deadline. Yeah. You can't. Well, argue I don't. It. Because what happened? I don't. I like the idea of a loan deadline, but it has to be earlier. I think the trade deadline is usually Halloween time. The only reason I don't like it that late is because it allows teams that have mismanaged their teams to that point, whether through wasted draft picks or terrible signings, to sort of make up for it. So I, I don't want them to be able to get off the hook. I think they should. But be. what about not wasted? Like Joe Burrow getting injured? That's a freak accident. And no, not even Burrow. Could be any team losing. You know, Christian McCaffrey getting injured. That's the Bengals not protecting Joe Burrow because they drafted a bunch of wide receivers. That's true. But that doesn't affect the fact that the loan <gasps> deadline <laughs> should be December first. That's too late. No, it's perfect. You're not going to see a bunch of these loans anyway. The, the Bengals aren't going to want to let T. Higgins. But you you guys out. are thinking about it differently. Like you're thinking about, oh, T. Higgins can't develop with no quarterback. So let's. He was. He had a good season. I'm thinking more along the lines of uh, we were just talking about Rashad Bateman and Tylen Wallace. Let's say Tylen Wallace is the fifth wide receiver. Instead of putting him on the practice squad or whatever, loan him out for uh, eight games. You get him back in early November, and then you can decide. So at least he's playing. You send him to the Lions, for example. Um, where where he's got to catch passes from Jared Goff and really up that development. Uh, yeah, so it's tricky because also like football is so dependent, whereas soccer is sort of, you know, you play your position and you do your thing. Basketball is sort of the same way. If you lo- like basketball, maybe it's a better situation where it works out. But I think the way you guys are tweaking this rule makes more sense. The only thing I hate is Breach's dumb December 1st loan deadline. Fine, December 2nd. I think, I, <laughs> I think the problem is, so if you loan out Tylen Wallace to the – Let's say let's do a, the Ravens loan to the Packers, right? So it's there. That makes more sense. There you go. An NFC team. The the thing with soccer is you're 
you don't have to learn a specific offense and you need to develop a rapport with the other players. And there is a specific. That's approach. the other thing. Yep. But there's, it's not like football. There's not a playbook. You know, when Tylen Wallace is taking reps in practice and working on the practice squad or whatever it is, you know, he's, he's learning the Ravens playbook. And so you would have to be learning the Packers playbook. You have to get up to speed on the Packers playbook while also trying to learn the Ravens playbook because eventually you're going back there. So that would be kind of difficult from that perspective. Now you can sell a player too in, in soccer. Like if you loan them out and you want to to make it just keep let them stay there, you can sell them. But that you know that, that gets a whole nother ball of wax. Yeah, and there's no salary cap in soccer. You're you're trying to fill the coffers, so to speak. Baseball, this would probably work better in. Or basketball. I think basketball makes a lot of sense because there's a lot of similarities between basketball. Because again, you're your team has an offense in basketball, but it's not like a 500 page playbook. Right. You're not, you don't, you don't need to learn specific plays. You you're learning the offense and but baseball, baseball too. But the thing is with baseball, the minor league system works. So there's, you know, that that's good in a sense. And you can bring guys up and down, which is a little, there's not a lot of, that's true too. It's not as difficult to get guys up and down. Um, yeah. So there's no minor uh, league or as far, as far as the bullpen question goes. I mean, that's sort of a thing. Yeah, his name is Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> Last yeah, yeah, yeah. The Dolphins developed it. The difference is though, that we all get upset when Tua got benched and Ryan Ryan didn't stay in. So I think it's just a a, a sports cultural thing where we're like, oh, well, you had to leave the guy in for his mental health. Whereas in baseball, but your arm gets tired in baseball, so that's the reason also. And they're specialists. And here's the well, Ryan Fitzpatrick didn't. But, but make the his reason work. it was controversial with the Dolphins is because people were saying, "Why didn't Fitzpatrick just play the whole game? Why are you letting Tua crash the ship?" And then you know, yeah, but why well, don't you let? Actually, you know, we were we were actually were making those same arguments. But you could argue that Ryan Fitzpatrick is basically to date myself, Dennis Eckersley, who was a starter for a while, but found much more success older as he grew into his career. But if two is playing well, you're not going to, or any quarterback, you're not going to pull them from the game while they're playing well. So you're only going to do it if they're bad. And then you have to have a capable backup quarterback, which most teams don't want to have a backup quarterback who's going to play in the fourth quarter with the game on the line. Otherwise, they'd be the starting quarterback. Yeah. I think the other difference is that in baseball, you come out in the eighth inning because you're on a pitch counter, your arm's tired or whatever. Yeah. Even if you sometimes when you're pitching well, they, they take you out after seven and a half innings or whatever, because that's just what the the, the doctors say or whatever. Also, the salary cap is such. Well, I guess closers probably make a lot in Major League Baseball. I don't follow yeah, baseball as close. Good money if you're a good uh, if you're a good closer, yeah, you can get signed to a big contract. So you know you, the starter makes more, and then the the. I feel like this could work if a like a a coach who's not going to get fired just decided. You know what? I'm going to try this out. Like if Sean Payton said tomorrow, all right, I'm going to let Jameis Winston play the first half of games this year and let Taysom Hill play the second half, and we're just going to see what happens. I don't even care. And then if that worked, that might start. You know, like we saw the Wildcat in 2008. If somebody comes up with something that works, people are going to copy it. But if, it takes oh, something crazy for something like that to happen. All right, so I think an example, a good example, Breach, I'm going to piggyback on what you just said. So let's say that Sean Payton, uh, after this season, Teddy Bridgewater is meh at the, with Denver. He goes out and re-signs Teddy Bridgewater. He also brings back Jameis Winston. So he's got Jameis Winston and Teddy Bridgewater. Jameis plays the first three quarters of the game and or until you get a double-digit lead. And then because you're petrified that Jameis is going to cough it up with a pick six or a huge costly mistake, you yank Jameis out of there and you bring Teddy in as the closer. And so what Teddy does is he comes in and he plays efficient football. He doesn't turn the ball over. He doesn't make mistakes. You run the ball a ton. And you're basically saying, hey, Jameis, we don't trust you to close this game out, which is why it's kind of ironic that Ryan Fitzpatrick was the closer because he is, uh, you know, one of the like an interception machine. Yeah. An but interception. he could be Dennis Eckersley that you just give him limited snaps and he's much more efficient. The, the problem is no team is going to have the level of quarterbacks. You got to develop them. What about this? You would need, you would need, Tom Brady in three years, you know, you know I mean, like no, like you need like somebody who's ice cold, like a clutch quarterback. Do you bring Tom Brady in for like the final little stretch and see if he can close the game out? But then, what, what about this thought experiment as we're going down this road? So you, you now we're just going with two quarterbacks. So um, your opponent, no, that's not going to work. Never mind. I was just trying to do the thought experiment. It didn't work. It's, in my head. it's hard to it's hard to come up with it because you need a specialized quarterback who excels in closing out games not a lot of experience in that because that's not how quarterbacks are bred they're bred to play right. the whole if, game if you're a great clutch quarterback you're playing the whole game 
And by the way, Dennis actually loved being a closer, I would imagine. I don't think Ryan Fitzpatrick. Or maybe it works in a situation if the Buccaneers or if Tom Brady's like, man, I'm not sure I can last four quarters anymore because I'm getting, I'm 47 years old. It's 2026. I need some help. So the Buccaneers bring in a quarterback to play the first half and let Brady close it out in the second half. <laughs> They're down 40 points because they got Ryan, uh, Kyle Trask out there. And then Brady wins 41 to 40. Yep. Yeah. It's, and, and Kyle it, Trask gets the win. You know, you start Teddy Bridgewater, you get down. You're like, all right, we're pulling him and putting in Jameis. Yeah, but, I mean, why do you keep saying Teddy? I think Teddy's. Teddy and Jameis, though, because it's Teddy and Drew Locke, right? Taysom Hill. Uh, oh, I don't know. Jameis and Taysom Hill. Right, yeah. Well, I, I think Jameis and Taysom Payton. Hill. What You think you're saying the, the Saints would add, Sean Payton would add Teddy Bridgewater is what I'm saying Sean Payton would actively go out and create this closer type of situation because i'm not sure maybe Taysom hill is that guy too because he runs the ball but i yeah i think Taysom hill and james winston complement each other and throw something completely different at the defenses and so i think something like that would work because actually you know what the answer was last year saints you let Jameis start and play all the games, and then you bring in Drew Brees as the closer because he's clutch. He's going to make all these throws. He's, a he's old. old to be playing the uh, full. Game. Think about it though. Do you want noodle arm Drew Brees out there with the game on the line and he's not warmed up? He's banging slants into Michael Thomas. But if you're down eight points, nine points, he can't be throwing slants for fifteen play drives. That's the point. You only bring in Brees when you got the lead to close the game out. Oh, but again, no, no Hall of Fame quarterback's going to trade like. The other thing is that you can't do in baseball is that you can just hand the ball off too. Like if you're up five minutes to go, you don't need to bring in call run plays and don't. Right. Yeah. If you have in baseball, you're trying to strike out the opposing team in football. You're, you know, you're not going up against the opposing offense. You're closing. You're, 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 you're in baseball. You're closing on defense. What about the, uh, like how far the, the, how far back do you have to be to get more than three points on a field goal breach? Yeah, that was only talked about with soccer. I think 50 to 59 should be four points. Anything over 60 should be five points. 50 to 59. Oh, like that's... maybe. Okay. All right. 55 to 59 yeah. is, right. is four points. And anything over 60 is five points. I like that. I yeah. think fantasy football scoring where any field goal from 40 to 49 is four points. Five points is a lot of points. I mean, that's one less. 59 is five. I'm just saying breaches thing like 60 plus is five. That seems right, but that's, that's one less than a touchdown. I mean, how many 60 plus kicks do we get per year? Breach knows. Not many. More Maybe than five. Three, right. What? I More think there five? was only, I think there was only one right. this entire season that okay. was, that was made, not just attempted. Well, remember somebody asked us the question. If you could have a kicker that was guaranteed to make every field goal, no matter where he is in the field, would he could be the first overall pick? And if you're doing yes, because if you can roll, you catch the ball on the kickoff, you you don't even run a play. You just kick the three points. Like you take three points automatically. If you score three points on every single drive, you're way more efficient than the best quarterbacks. Well, you're scoring more than that in this new system, five and six points, because you just on fourth down from your own 12 yard line, you're kicking a five point field goal. First down. <laughs> hey, bring oh it my in. God. Bring it. Yeah. If you're in the, the Lions, you draft this kicker and say, Jared Goff, take a you seat. The Super Bowl. In the 2020 season, kickers went one of 10 from 60 yards or longer. So, I, I mean, it's not a high percentage field goal. The only kicker who made it was Jason Myers, Seahawks kicker. He made it against the Rams. They lost that game 23 to 16. So, if his field goal had counted for five points, they would have lost <clears throat> 23 to 18. But again, the he's, whole he's getting getting choked up. He's starting to cry. It's sad. This is, I need <laughs> these rules to if pass. If system were in place, they would have lost the game by four instead of six. <laughs> well, he made it right before halftime, and the score halftime would have been seventeen to fifteen instead of seventeen to thirteen. So, so you'd only be down a field goal, which changes you know your, your thought process. Let me ask you this, Bree. So if you're down, I I can't do the math because it, it will take too long. But let's say you're the kicker's set up to kick from the fifty nine yard line to get the four pointer. How much would it upset the rhythm and timing to say, look, just back up one yard? So now it's an eight yard behind the line of scrimmage. So you get a 60 yard extra point. 
I would think they could do it pretty easily, but I think the bigger question would be if they were lined up at like the 57 for a 57 yard field goal and you're down five and the coach is like, all right, can we get the snap three yards further back so we can oh, get the yeah. five pointer from 60? So that's where things would get a little dice. I don't think one yard would be an issue, you know, because you have these guys, these long snappers are snapping back to punters and that's 15 yards. So, it, you know, it's a little more aim because you have to put it right in the holder's hands and, and the, the spiral of the snap gets to the holder so he shouldn't have to rotate it much. Like a perfect snap, the holder just puts down without rotating to get the laces out, and those are very hard to do. Um, but I don't think one yard would affect it, but anything over that might change a little bit. Yeah, I like that. I think the, the field goal one is the most interesting, uh, although none of these will ever happen, I would guess, sadly. All right, next question. This is from Bryson Mitchell to the Apple Podcast from Canada. Hey, Benson and Super Friends. Love it. And a diehard, I love that autocorrect, but a diehard listener. I hope it's autocorrect. Yeah. Three years. Surprised my brain hasn't melted. What are all four of your favorite alternate jerseys and why is Debo's the Eagles blue and yellow from 2007? Debo, you want to chime in here? Yeah, I remember that one vividly. Uh, what I remember most is Kevin Curtis. If you remember that guy just going yeah. off in the in the blue and yellow, uh, I believe that game was against the Lions season opener, I want to say, in 2007. So very ugly uniforms, but a special place in my heart. Um, Wilson, I assume you're going to say the Bumblebees. Uh, <laughs> um, I, hate, I hate the Bumblebees. I didn't hate them. I think a lot of I, the I think some Steelers players hated wearing them because who wouldn't feel dumb wearing a Bumblebee outfit? I thought they were sort of, um, they were distinctive. The I, I'll do the ones that like I, I didn't mind that one, but uh, I mean the Chargers are obviously the easy answer. But the one one of the ones that I really hated, the Denver Broncos throwbacks where they're wearing brown. Do you remember those? Mm. Let me see. Yes. If I can find a picture. Yeah, that was like it, that was the Josh McDaniel era, um, which sort of makes sense, I guess. Duty Brown when Josh was there. Um, those were the ugliest like that. And some of the ones, Oh, here they are. I'll show you the picture. And some of the ones that, um, those, uh, blue and yellow pictures that, excuse me, the, uh, uniforms that the, the Packers wore. Those are, Oh, there we go. Right there. Thank you. D-Bow. Oh, nice. Oh yeah. Those yeah. are, those look like the Padres. Yeah. They're the Padres and the socks were awesome. Cause they're striped socks. Like those are like so ugly. They're sort of hipster. Awesome. Um, uh, so I, I like those, um, I love to hate those, but I, I wouldn't I wouldn't feel like it. You know, people feel better when they, they feel like they play better when they feel like they look better. I would imagine this is why that team was not very good. Yeah, that was an ugly, ugly uniform. Um, I like, and this is an obvious one, but I like it. And I want it to come back this year. The Buccaneers cream sickle uniforms. Right, they won the Super Bowl. Just let them wear the uniforms. Whole and then year? more recently. Yeah, the whole, uh, uh, every home game. But way more often. I think you have to let them use it. Cream sickle is great. It's and it's considered people like to complain about the creamsicle, but the thing about the creamsicle is if you're winning football games, creamsicle is going to be very cool. Tom Brady wants it back. Tom Brady would look great in the creamsicle, sort of a similar one, obviously different colors, but a, a similar logo on the helmet. I would say that the Patriots red throwback jerseys are fantastic, and so are the Buffalo Bills. Um, you know, they had the I don't know the, the Pats. Yeah, there we go. See, oh, yeah, those are those are sharp. If you are watching on YouTube, we are looking at them, and you can see them. That's why you yeah. should watch on YouTube. Yeah, that's and it. listen. That Pat and the Patriot, is that his Pat name? the Patriot, um, you know, snapping the ball and the helmet, the red. You know, Brady used to wear them. Him and Welker look sharp in there. Edelman too. Uh, obviously, the Chargers powder blue. Oh, sorry, yeah, throw up the Bills red jerseys. Oh, there's a uh, there's Tyrod Taylor in them. That was their color rush uniform. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. I, I like those. I mean, maybe it's the NC State guy in me coming out, but I like the. Clearly, but like, the the old helmets are are nice too. Are the Bills like the old seventies helmets? Were the Bills? Debo, there's a there's a, a list that top left one the unveiling new uniforms. These are the six. The Chargers just have the best uniforms in sports. Yeah, agreed. And the so, Patriots and Buccaneers. That's the reasons they haven't worn their throwbacks is because the NFL's helmet rule. You can only wear one helmet color per year. But if they wow. switch that to two helmets, then you might see uh, Pat Patriot and uh, Bruce the Bucko make a comeback like who cares how many helmets you wear a year it was a player safety thing i guess ryan but if you're going to 17 games you know you're throwing player safety out the window just let them wear whatever helmet they want player safety only only do we we like the uh do we like the seahawks slime green i I love the seahawks slime green i don't hate it it's different bears and orange is good 
anything that makes me feel like there is uh, a radioactive glow coming out of my television, I like. So I like the Seahawks. Washington football team with the yellow helmets and the and at the time they had the red R's. Those are pretty tight. So I'm I'm indifferent to like the current Eagles jerseys, but I I love like the band. Oh, it's Kelly cool. Green, Kelly Green baby, with the, with the with the with the wings on the top. Bring the Kelly Green back. They got a, a mock up with Kevin Cobb right there. That's how you know, you know. Kevin Cobb. That's who that was. I was looking at that picture, wondering who that was. It reminds me of Ron Jaworski, but Kevin Cobb is a close second. Right. Um. I what about say- the trash Packers ones that are blue and yellow? Yeah, that's the one I was trying to spit out. Yeah, I, I don't like to- those. No, I think those are like the 30s uniforms or something. So I would be a big fan of the Dolphins. Let's look at the Dolphins throwback. That's too close. I mean, the all whites. No, the aqua. Just look at that. The helmet that Fitzpatrick. Scroll up. The helmet that Fitzpatrick's got on there where he's he's with his hands on his hips. Go up a little bit more. A little bit more, please. Uh, There, the middle. I don't know why I'm pointing at it. Yeah, that one right there. So click on that and you'll see. It's not going to open the article. It's going to enlarge the photo, Diva. Um, that the old dolphin and oh, those old dolphin? stripes, it's just better. The new the dolphin, dolphin wears the helmet. Yeah, the dolphin with the helmet on. It's just, it's just better. It's just yeah. a cool looking jersey. It, it doesn't it, look that much different. That's back when Snowflake was their mascot. Correct. Yeah. Like a duh. But but that's my point is it doesn't look that different. You could keep doing it as opposed to the new dolphin, which meh. I don't even know what the new dolphin looks like. The new dolphins. It looks like an actual dolphin with no helmet coming oh. through a, a, a thing of like a sunshine. There it is, right there. So, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I like the old dolphin better, but I also dolphin like Pat just, Pete and I like um yeah or Pat Patriot. Pat Pete. I like Pat Pete, but I like Pat Patriot. And I like um Bucko Bruce. Is that his name? Yeah, so the uh, bucket swashbuckling Bruce. Maybe I don't know. Swashbuckling Bruce. He's a swashbuckler. I'll tell you that much. I'm trying to think if there's any other ones that we missed. Uh, the Titans throwbacks, which are actually all the way throwing back to Houston, the Oilers. Yeah, I like that. Love the Oilers yeah. uniform. The, and, and Titans fans wouldn't mind that. Uh, obviously, Texans fans would not be huge fans. What about Bengals throwbacks where they go back to the orange helmets where it just says Bengals and block letters on the side? What's wrong with that, Wilson? <laughs> like some guy had to stay up late because the stickers didn't come in. He's doing it with a Sharpie. I actually like the Bengals orange jerseys, which are uh, relatively new. Not completely new, but... I like, I like when the Texans go uh, red. I don't want to see it this year. You would like that. Yeah. Old Falcons jerseys are cool, too. In the no, meantime, thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. We'll have tons of great content coming your way as the offseason rolls on. For Ryan and John, I'm Will. We'll see you later. CBS Friday. TV's hottest show is Fire Country. I'm not a hero. I'm in orange for a reason. They're taking 12 months off your sentence. You're free. With a special epic season finale. Now that I'm out, I need something to get me up in the morning. You are a firefighter. You speak. That will be unforgettable. In the name of your life's happiness, go get your girl. She's getting married tomorrow. Says, when do you let anything get in the way of what you want? The Fire Country season finale, Friday, 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.